Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday upon us, a full week of trading, and believe it or not, the last week in February. I don't know about you, but this month has flown by fast and has also made for some interesting marketings that we've seen in the trade. And, and markets that closed with some green on the screen for the green. So a that we saw within that. And even on the livestock side, though nearby cattle had a struggle, we still see a lot of positive action. So let's talk recovery and what we're seeing in the trade today is Mike Zuzalo joins us. He is with Global Commodity Analytics. And it's nice to start out a Monday with some positive feels to these markets. Yeah, and it's also really nice to see a recovery in the price action when you feel like that there's some issues still to have to be contended with down in South America. And, you know, as today's weekly export inspections kind of showed us, Susan, we're not hurting that bad in terms of lower demand. And this is coming out of the uh, Lunar New Year holiday for the Chinese. I mean, we did see about a 6% drop in the corn export inspections versus last week. Um, in, the, in both the beans and the wheat, we did see about a 22% drop. But you know, even those numbers could have been a lot worse given the Lunar New Year holiday. So today's trade, it seemed like to me, we saw a, a really good turnaround led by the fact that the corn and wheat wanted to go higher for a variety of fundamental reasons. But the soybeans and the meal especially really struggled until we heard from Agrarial say that the planting progress for the soybean, excuse me, the harvesting progress for the soybeans is at 15% in Brazil. That's versus 31% a year ago. And for mid-February, that's the worst pace in a decade. And I think that even added more upside potential mindset in the trade for the corn market. Now, one thing we can talk about here in a little bit is the spread action. I think that's very, very crucial. But when we kind of take a step back again and talk about just the daily close, um, one of the things that really helped was the fact that the soybeans came back around and all of a sudden we saw the back end new crop beans and new crop corn come in with new contract highs. So I sent out a text blast to clients and subscribers this afternoon before the close, getting the last 10% of my 2020 crop sold at this point for the cash marketings. I'm really eager to get some more 2021 done before we close out this month. So as you look, I'm going to rewind a little bit in my thought process here, but last week during the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic, I had a rancher come up and say, okay, the holiday is almost done for China. How long till we see them come back into our markets? It was noted that they were missing this last couple of weeks. Yeah, it is. And it's always that way, especially when you have so much writing on the Chinese business like we have this past six months, and especially given... And, and this is probably where the spread uh, needs to be mentioned. We, we really have to wake up and realize that the soybeans are back in a carrying charge market. In other words, the March beans are at 1382. The May, the next lead month contract, is at 1386. We had been in a situation where the March was premium to all the other contracts, and that's that demand rationing supply-led bull market that we've been used to the last three or four months. But what we're seeing now is a reversal of that, and I think this is where it's really important to wake up and kind of realize, okay, we're not in January still. We're all the way into the later part of February. South America is late in harvesting, but yet they are harvesting, and we're right around the corner from planting. And so I think it's really key to keep that in the front forefront of our minds because it, it seems to me, and these big rallies that we've had over the course of the last 
I'd say since 1995, roughly. It, it seems to me that we kind of lose track of the month we're in, and we get more and more bold up, and then all of a sudden we realize the prices are lower on the month, and we wonder what happened. Well, what happens usually is we come into a springtime planting, and the funds want to go ahead and take profit. So did we put too many eggs in one basket relying on China for these exports? I don't think so based upon what we are seeing in terms of a lack of competition um, you know, for the first three or four months of this calendar year, Susan. And if USDA's agricultural outlook expectations are correct, um, we should, along with the very heavy livestock numbers and, and very big uh, both cattle and hog numbers that we're seeing right now in a rebuilding of the Chinese hog herd, I, th- I think the soy meal demand should stay very, very strong. But, you know, this is where it goes back to we just don't know what the trade has priced in at this point as far as uh, a premium. And, and one of the things that I think we have to think about is the better our planting goes and the better our weather goes, the more likely China might want to think about washing out of sales and going after cheaper prices. So as prices go down, we really got to keep that in the back of our minds that they could wash out of sales and go after some cheaper prices uh, and cheaper beans that maybe they bought uh, 50 or 60 cents higher a month ago. So that we're in that time period now. It's not as clear-cut as it was back in Dece or Jan. So looking at the way we saw the the recovery today, can this momentum continue this week? I think it can this week because one of the key things that we saw in today's price action, if the spreads aren't leading us, if the demand rationing bull and the South American supply fears aren't leading us with the spreads, what was it that led us other than this new one-off news story by, by uh, Reuters and Agrell? Well, I think it's really more likely the inflation fund investors came in and decided to buy the basket of goods. In other words, the higher bond yields we're seeing right now, that is as much as you can get proof positive to the marketplace that inflation is coming back because bond yields are going up not down the market is returning to having a risk premium in it in the bond markets and so then if we look at that and we look at today's leaderboard what were the top five leaders in the day it was sugar crude silver wheat and copper so i think you've got the inflationary reflationary bull back in the market i would continue to think that maybe he would stay with that type of position as we get into the end of this week but then once we get to the end of february we got to start thinking okay it's month end it's also getting close to the end of the first quarter are we going to see some funds take some profits lots of things as we continue to think about this trade of today stick around folks we're going to come back take a look what's been happening in the livestock side where are we when it comes to retail demand more's coming up on the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing the conversation with Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics. And the nation is trying to thaw out, Mike, as we look at these storms and the frigid cold weather we had to deal with. How much of a hit did our livestock industry take when it came to beef movement because of it? You know, this is reminiscent of the corn and bean derecho that we saw in Iowa. To me, Susan, we have no clue right now what kind of damage we've done to our Texas livestock herd and to a lesser degree our Oklahoma livestock herd because the the, the span and the scope of this energy issue that we are still going through and I think this is really a crucial time period um, that it happened because I, I could say before this terrible natural disaster 
uh, happened with the uh, weather and then the, the economic disaster happened with the energy, uh, I could have said we've got a very large premium in the cattle futures market compared to the cash and compared to the retail prices, especially in the retail demand and, and, and in inflationary prices pushing through to the uh, grocery stores. In other words, retail prices for beef right now are up about 9.5% versus last year, and for pork they're up about 6%. But now that we've had this issue and this terrible hit to the livestock industry and we can't quantify it, we don't know how much futures premium we have in the cattle. I'm hoping this week will tell us how much because we've got the cattle on feed marketings that support the ideas that cattle are indeed backing up. We've got weights, I think, up 16 pounds versus last year at this point. And, and especially with the weather improving this week, I would think there's a lot of feedlots that, although they'll be very, very muddy, they'll really want to get some uh, big head, big number of head moving here at this point. So how much can the Texas weather continue to support this market this week? I think we're going to find out as far as whether we do a lot of business in the cash and at what price we do it. Can we blame some of the negativity in the cattle trade today because of Friday's cattle and feed report? I think we can. I think a little bit in the improving weather side of the equation, too. Um, I, I think one of the things that I don't think the market is priced in, because I'm looking at USDA's brand-new update from their Agricultural Outlook Forum last week. They said beef production is going to be up 1.4% in 2021 calendar year. Pork's going to be up 1.4%. Fat cattle steer prices are going to average 115 100 when it comes to the average price over the course of 2021. And yet I see also that our retail featuring continues to really be sluggish. We were down another 1% last week. That takes us down almost 3% versus last year. And, and the activity index by grocery stores is down about 14%, which is a big number if you keep track of this. Um, we've also gotten some new National uh, Restaurant Association uh, numbers out and, and the, this off-site dining and pickup dining is just not making up the the volume sales of what everybody did before COVID in their restaurants and in their facilities and that's been a big question mark in a lot of people's minds so I'm really eager to see what happens this week I hope that we can come in with a stronger cash price and maybe not feel like the futures have so much a premium but it'll be a key week not that I'm uh, dis. Oh, I can't even think of the word I want to use, but the hog market, I wanted to switch to it. Not that I'm being negative to it, but it sure is nice to wonder what is going on to bring this positive feel to the trade. Yeah, and this again, I think is the funds coming back into play, that pork and bean trade. I also feel like that when I listen to some of the uh, specialists talk about at the Agricultural Outlook Forum, which they had virtually this year, when I listen to them talk about China, and what I have found out through some of the colleagues and contacts I have that deal directly with China in the hog sector, uh, I, I think USDA maybe is pushing a little bit too hard on the idea that China won't need our pork uh, after this first quarter or into the early part of the second quarter because that's kind of what they're kind of leading towards because they actually take exports down uh, for the pork side of the equation while they raise beef exports I actually think China will need our pork exports for a, a little bit longer than what USDA is thinking. Maybe the trade's onto that as well, along with this disease pressure you and I have talked about in the past. Will we see the struggle between feedstuff and livestock continue? I don't think so. I think this is one of those years that if we continue to see grain prices go higher because of a drought here in the Northern Hemisphere, I think the market, because of the reflation and inflation mindset, 
I think the market will try and put that premium into the livestock prices uh, that we will not have to fight uh, high grain prices and low animal prices because after the second half or after the first half of this 2021 calendar year, both USDA and I agree, we should start to see lighter numbers as far as number ahead to slaughter. So if you have declining livestock numbers and a tighter grain market supply, both of them should go up if, if the grains start to lead a, a market higher uh, from, the, from a drought perspective especially. A lot of great information today, Mike. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Best way is go to the globalcomresearch.com website, globalcom with two M's, research.com, and just sign up for a trial. Or if you need to talk specifically about maybe how we can help you, call me at 866-471-2588. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable for all investors. Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.